Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Maria's Mutts and Stuff. What a great idea! On iHeartRadio. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Maria's Mutts and Stuff. It's Maria Melito, and I'm very honored and thrilled to have Gene Bauer on the podcast today, and he is the president of Farm Sanctuary. So, Gene, thank you for being uh, for being on, on the podcast today. I appreciate your time and you. Oh, well, thank you, Maria. It's great to be with you, and I'm grateful for everything you do as well. Well, thank you. Well, let's let's start with how it all began, because... Uh, you know, I play classic rock music, and from what I know of when you first started, let me ask you, were you a, a vegan from when you were a child, or it's something that you eventually became? Um, I was not raised as a vegan. In okay. fact, I grew up eating meat like everybody around me, mm-hmm. uh, but as I learned about factory farming, and when I recognized that it was possible to live well without eating animals and without contributing to that system, mm-hmm. I went vegan in 1985. Okay. And when you became a vegan, how you spread the word? This is what, because you were at a particular concert. Is that correct? Is that information correct that I read about you? Well, the way we actually funded Farm Sanctuary in the early days was by going to Grateful Dead shows yes. and selling veg- veggie hot dogs <laughs> at our Volkswagen van. So that was a very important part <laughs> of Farm Sanctuary. And, you know, we also did outreach uh-huh. and it was a very open-minded audience. That sure. Oftentimes very interested in some food. So we had veggie hot dogs. We sold a lot of them and raised a lot of awareness about the fact that we could live well. Mm -hmm. And there was all kinds of vegan food that was starting to be available. And that was a big part of our beginning it was I love that. I just yeah, love that. A Grateful really Dead shows. Yeah, of course, because we love the dead. <laughs> but you're right. The audience yeah. at a Grateful Dead concert, of course, would be much more open to new uh, new information like that. Um, and Farm Sanctuary started in also around the same time, 1986. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Farm Sanctuary started in 1986. And how did that start? Like what was the first, a first animal? Well, Our idea was to investigate factory farms and to document conditions, Mm -hmm. and we actually started finding living animals thrown away in trash cans or left on piles of dead animals. And our first rescued animal was a sheep named Hilda Uh we found on a pile of dead animals behind Lancaster Stockyards in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So we took her off the dead pile and brought her to a veterinarian, thinking she would probably have to be euthanized because she was, you know, very weak. She wasn't able to stand. She was covered with manure. She had, there were maggots on her and on all these other dead animals. And, uh, but after we brought her to the veterinarian and he started poking around and checking her out, she started perking up Mm -hmm. and then she ended up standing up and living with us for more than 10 years. That was Hilda, who was our first rescued animal. She was your first one. And since then you have over 500 animals, I could say. Is that correct? About or more? Oh, yeah. We yeah. have o- over 500. It's probably closer to 1,000 wow. right now at our farms in New York and California. And, you know, it's a sanctuary for rescued animals, but it's also a place where people 
can come and interact with cows and pigs and chickens and turkeys and see them as friends, not food. And exactly. so the sanctuaries are sanctuaries for animals, but they're also sanctuaries for people. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's also, yeah, for people to learn. I mean, I have to tell you, I have to fess up to you that I watch your live cams a lot of times when I'm on the air, farmsanctuary.org, for those who aren't familiar. Um, I just, I love watching the animals. I find it very, it, it, it's, it's very calming for me and relaxing while I'm working. <laughs> But yes, 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 absolutely. You know, being around animals in a peaceful setting is actually good for us. It helps to re- reduce stress, lower blood pressure. It's it's a win-win. It's good for animals and good for us. It's true. It's like they say people who own cats or dogs. It's the same and I, I'm right. It's the same concept as farm animals too. It's just something about humans and animals that we we need them but but to be their friends, not to eat them. Exactly. When when we're, when we're interacting with them in a kind and positive way, that is good for everybody. But when we act cruelly towards them and put them in factory farms and then take them to slaughterhouses and then kill them, that's obviously not good for the animals, but it's also bad for us. It causes us to lose part of our empathy and to to behave in violent ways. And then we start to rationalize it. So violence to other animals does something to us that is, that is not good. Right. No, it's true. It's true. And, and you know, because I'm from the school, I don't eat meat. I, I'm almost a vegan, almost about 90 percent right. towards being a vegan. And the the argument that I have and you could you could probably defend this better than I can or give me ways to defend it is when people say, well, no, you really do need you need the protein from meat. You need to eat meat. And I'm like, I don't need to eat meat. No, we don't need to eat meat. This idea that we need meat for protein is com- a complete myth. Mm-hmm. And we are bombarded by that sort of messaging, you know, from the day we're born as we grow up. But, you know, I've been a vegan since 1985. I get all the protein and all the other nutrients I need from plant foods. Right. And I'm in my mid-50s now. And about five years ago, I started doing triathlons and marathons just to show that a vegan of many years could do this. So right, right. Ironman triathlon, about a dozen other triathlons, six marathons, an ultra marathon. And there are other elite athletes, in fact, that are performing at a very high level on plant-based foods. In fact, the only U.S. male weightlifter who qualified for the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro in 2016 was a vegan. So this idea that you can't get the protein you need, uh, you, you cannot have strength, you cannot have endurance, those are complete myths. We can get everything we need nutritionally by eating plant foods. And it's probably, and it is better for for the earth. It's better for the environment, correct? Absolutely. Uh, raising animals for food is terribly inefficient. You know, right now, something like 90% of the corn and the soy that is used in the U.S. Mm-hmm. is not used for human consumption. That goes to animal feed instead. So mm-hmm. we could feed far more people with far fewer resources by growing plant foods and eating those directly instead of harvesting all these crops to feed farm animals. Yeah, see, I think this is a fact. I mean, it's out there, but I, I, I don't think people are as aware of it as, um, as we'd like them to be, if that makes that's sense. Right, you know, that's right, absolutely. We grow up with habits, mm-hmm. and we tend to do what everybody around us does. So, you know, I grew up eating meat because everybody around me was eating meat. I didn't really think about it. But as time went and I learned about this industry and the harm it was causing to animals, the harm it was causing to the earth. And when I realized that it was possible to live well without causing that harm, it it made all the sense in the world. And there's a whole other aspect of animal agriculture that is uh, important to recognize, which is that 
it's one of the top contributors to climate change. Mm. It contributes more, in fact, than the entire transportation industry, according to the United Nations. So this is an industry that causes so much harm, and most people are unwittingly supporting it. And, and that doesn't mean that people are bad. It's just that we have habits that right. we grow up with. Right. If everybody around us is doing something, we assume that it is normal and appropriate. But when we start learning uh, and recognizing the impact of those food choices, you know, I think more and more people are now starting to shift towards eating more plant foods, even if they don't go vegan all the way. That's true, because there are definitely more choices than we had 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Food choices when you go yeah. out. I- I've noticed that. There are many more choices. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. It, yeah. and if you go to mainstream grocery stores, there's all kinds of plant-based milks now. That's true. You can get in place of cow's milk. So That's right. So that really shows that the, the market is shifting. And almond milk ice cream is delicious. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. Ben and Jerry's, uh, I think it was Ben came up to the radio station last year. It was right after, or two years ago, right after uh, their vegan ice cream came out. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I can eat ice cream again. <laughs> yes, it's amazing, isn't it? And, yes. And when you see Ben and Jerry's doing that, that shows that there is a demand. That's and right. Businesses are now starting to make plant-based foods to meet that demand. And that's a very positive thing for everybody. No, it's true. It's true. So let's talk about your virtual reality, because I'm fascinated with that to educate children that that's what you're doing, going into schools, um, to have compassion for animals. Uh, Let's talk about that a little, because that's a a new thing that Farm Sanctuary is doing, correct? That is correct, yes. We have humane educators going into schools around New York and also out in California, And part of what they do is they have these virtual reality headsets so that, you know, kids can put those on and it's like they're at the farm Mm -hmm. and interacting with the animals in a very close way. And uh, and and kids really love it. So it's it's as close as you can get to being at the farm without actually being there. And do you see that um, being available in other schools in other cities around the country? At some point? It's possible. It's possible, yes. Um, You know, right now we're in New York and California, but at some point I could see those expanding. And in the meantime, people can always go to the Farm Sanctuary website and see live cameras of the animals at the sanctuary. It's not quite the same as being immersed in a 3D experience. But it's close enough. And hopefully we'll be able to. It's yeah. pretty close, right? It is very it's close. Nice. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I do, I do what you do, too. I watch that, you know, and, and it's very calming. It's very calming. I was watching two deer before, and one was licking the other deer's head. <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah, have, yeah, there's wild animals that sometimes come visit the farm. There's uh, groundhogs that run around the farm. It's it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And, I, and, you know, because I'm on the air, I can't listen to the sound. But a couple of times I put the sound on during a long song, and it was just so nice to hear just the peacefulness of you know, some you could hear birds and just the trees. Yeah. I, I just I love it. I I really did love it. So so thank you for yeah. providing that. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Well, it's a sanctuary for everybody, and you know it's also open to the public. We have the farm in Watkinsville, New York. We also have one near Los Angeles, and both of those are open for visitors. We do tours um, at the farm in Watkinsville. We also have overnight accommodations. We have bed and breakfast cabins and tiny houses, and people can come and stay overnight and really absorb the peace of the place. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you can get that information at farmsanctuary.org. 
So I also That's noticed right. on the website, um, tell us about what's Adopt-A-Farm Animal Program, because I noticed that on your website. Yes. Well, we have animals at the sanctuary, mm-hmm. and, and, and we adopt them out into good homes when we can find good homes. But as you can imagine, not too many people can provide a home for a cow or sure. a pig or these larger animals. So we also have an Adopt-A-Farm Animal Program where people can sponsor an animal who lives at Farm Sanctuary, and we send them a picture of the animal, we send them updates about the animal, and so it's sort of like they have a, you know, a, the, this like pet their pet, yeah, companion, right? And and we encourage people then to take the pictures of these rescued animals, farm animals, uh-huh. and put them up at work or wherever they are in a public setting, and just, you know, it's a it's a it's a unique companion animal for people to to share the stories of. And and what that does is it helps to sensitize other people to the fact that farm animals, just like cats and dogs and other animals, are individuals. At Farm Sanctuary, they have names. Right. Uh, they have personalities. They're, you know, some of them are more shy. Some of them are more outgoing. They develop relationships with other animals and friendships. They have memories. Um, so these animals deserve to be treated with respect and compassion is really the, the core message of Farm Sanctuary. And when people adopt a farm animal at Farm Sanctuary, through the Adopt-A-Farm Animal Program, um, they can be ambassadors and help to educate other people about the lives these animals are, are able to live at Farm Sanctuary, but also about what happens in the factory farming system and, and why it's important for us just to be mindful of our food choices and to think about the impacts that we have when we decide to buy something or not to buy something. Right, right. Um, have you seen, uh, like, the farm factory, has have conditions improved over the years, or is it just as uh, awful as it has been? I mean, I would say, like, over the past, say, 10 years. Yeah, well, um, it's still pretty bad. I know, it's um, a struggle. It's a struggle. It is a, yeah. it is a real struggle. And as long as you have animals that are seen as commodities, mm-hmm. that are seen primarily as pieces of meat or as egg making machines or as milk making machines, um, they're going to be treated poorly. And if they're no longer profitable, you know, they're killed to be consumed if they're a dairy cow or an egg laying hen, for example. Right. So these, you know, it, it, it really boils down to what is our relationship with these other animals. And as long as they are seen as production units, which is the case in factory farms, mm-hmm. and which is even the case on smaller farms that are now starting to market products to sound better than they are. You know, cage-free, for example, right. tends to sound a lot better than it is. Mm-hmm. Free range. Free range, right. a lot better than it is, right. Yeah, so the, most of those animals, although they're labeled that way, still basically live in overcrowded, stressful, factory farm-like conditions. So that's something that, you know, in some ways, some of the animals are treated less badly, but they're still treated pretty badly. Pretty badly, the, right, the, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, but, you know, the good news is there are more and more plant-based alternatives. There are plant-based... Um... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
veggie burgers, of course. Mm-hmm. There's alternatives to cow's milk. There's, you know, meatless meats like, you know, beef and chicken and pork and fish, all plant-based. So there's, you know, it's getting easier and easier to find substitutes that are very much like meat. Do you think we'll ever get to a point? And I, I mean, I don't see the us becoming like one, like everybody becoming 100% vegan. But do you see the majority of people eventually being meat free or, I mean, besides wishful thinking, but that, yeah, they, that yeah, they'll yeah, be I mean, so educated or because there's a whole generation of children who are growing up with, because I, I have friends who their kids, you know, don't want to eat meat. Uh, so we have this a, a generation of like young, a younger generation that's growing into that. Do you think maybe we'll get to a point at some, at some point that the majority of the population will be vegans or I, I would love that. And I think we're <laughs> definitely definitely moving in that direction. Uh-huh. I think that, you know, as you say, there are children now that are actually vegan since conception. And yes, they're yes. growing up as vegans. So there's new, younger generations of vegans. Um, but I think that generally, as a society, um, we're going to have to eat less meat. In fact, we're not going to really even have a choice because mm. animal agriculture is so inefficient and wasteful right. that with the growing human population – it's not going to be possible to eat meat the way we do today. So I think meat consumption is going to drop because it's going to have to, right. but also because I think there's a growing consciousness and awareness about the fact that these are living, feeling creatures and that we can live well without killing and eating them. So I think both of those things are pushing us in the same direction, as well as the fact that it's healthier. I was just going to say that. That of animal food. Yeah. It's better for the environment. It's better for the earth. It's 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 better for everybody. It's so better, yeah. There's, there's a convergence now of, of awareness about these issues. And um, so in terms of whether we're going to get to a completely vegan world, that's very hard to say. But right. I, I, I do believe that there's no doubt we're going to be moving towards eating fewer animal products. And, uh, and there are more and more plant-based alternatives that are coming on the marketplace. So it's going to be easier uh, for people that still like something that tastes like a hamburger or that tastes like a meat right. uh, product. Right. The alternatives that come from plants that are more efficient, that don't cause violence to other animals, and that are also, in many cases, a lot healthier. I was going to say they're much healthier for the human because, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why so many people have high blood pressure and high cholesterol and, and cancer. I mean, I think it's all connected in my head. I think it's all it's just all connected. I by, yeah, I mean, people, it, we don't, it, yeah, what we're ingesting. Absolutely. Well, you know, if you look at us biologically, we are much better suited to eat plant foods than to eat animal foods. And, and carnivores, for example, you know, who eat meat have a very short intestinal tract because right. meat has no fiber and it's a putrefying piece of flesh that so has to pass through quickly. Human beings, by comparison, have a very long intestinal tract. Right. Uh, so it takes a long time for meat to pass through a human digestive system, and that causes trouble. It, it can contribute to colon cancer. Colon cancer, cancer sure, sure. Yeah, so, so it, it's just it's not good for anybody. And, and it, at Farm Sanctuary, the message is that we want people just to think about the way they eat, to make mindful choices about their food, and ultimately to, to live and eat in a way that is aligned with their own values. Because I think most people are humane and would rather not support cruelty. Uh, so when the issue of factory farming comes up, too often people say, don't tell me, I don't want to know. Right? Oh, yeah, that's that true. Yeah. But I think it's important for us to be responsible and then ultimately to make food choices that we can feel good about 
and then also to make food choices that are aligned with our own interests. In, in the United States today, we're eating food that makes us sick. Mm-hmm. It's completely illogical, but it's, it's what we do. It's, it's a habit we have. And then we start taking heart medication and other drugs to, to mitigate the problem. So eating food that's aligned with our interests to live well instead of getting sick, and then also to support a food system that doesn't destroy the planet the way animal agriculture does. So eating plants instead of animals makes so much sense for so many reasons. No, it's true. It's true. And for those of the listeners who would like to learn more, I mean, and you were part of this documentary, Forks Over Knives, is just, it's a great documentary. It's so informative. And you were part, you, you were part of that documentary with Gene Stone, correct? That is right. Yeah. yeah. Gene Stone wrote the book and then there's a movie called Forks Over Knives that's on Netflix. And I was interviewed in it for a, you know, up at the farm talking about animals and the environmental issues, but it's an excellent film. And it talks about how people can get off of their medication, you know, heart medication, diabetes medication by eating plants instead of animals. Uh And a very compelling science-based, empirically based uh, film. And um, it's had a great impact. It's true. Um, And yeah, so I, so yeah, that, and there's so much good stuff now on Netflix that people can watch that that addresses these issues. It's true, and also you have you're an author, so let's talk about your books, right? Your first yes. book was Farm Sanctuary: Changing Hearts and Minds About Animals and Food, correct? That is correct, and that's available online at Amazon or other you know online sellers or from Farm Sanctuary. But it's called Farm Sanctuary: Changing Hearts and Minds About Animals and Food. It talks about the history of Farm Sanctuary about what we observed doing our investigations. It talks about the issues and the industry we're dealing with Mm -hmm. and just about the the farm sanctuary approach to that. Uh, The second book is called Living the Farm Sanctuary Life. Mm -hmm. And that one also touches on the big issues, but it also includes a hundred amazing vegan recipes. So it's more of a a how-to book, setting up your vegan kitchen, things like that. Whereas the first book is more about the issues And at the end of each chapter in Farm Sanctuary, the first book, uh, Farm Sanctuary, Changing Hearts and Minds About Animals and Food, there's a story about an animal. So it it has some levity to it as well. Are you working on a third book? Um, There's nothing concrete right now, but there's a bunch (laughs) of ideas floating around in my head. I'm sure. There probably will be another one at some point, but I, I don't know what it'll be about exactly or when it will come out. Okay. And for my listeners that are in the New York area, the tri-state area, they should be familiar with Farm Sanctuary because any time an animal in the New York City area gets loose, uh, last year, late in the year, there was a cow that was loose, and it, the NYPD picked it up, brought it to Animal Care Center, and then it came to Farm Sanctuary, right? That's what usually happens when, when animals escape slaughterhouses uh, in this area. Yes, that's right. We're, we're there and always ready to help when an animal escapes from a slaughterhouse around New York City. And, you know, when there's an animal that makes a run for his or her life and is running through the streets of New York uh, or any city, really, it's amazing to see how people rally behind that animal and want him or her to be saved and go yes. to a sanctuary instead of going back to slaughter. Yes, so that's those true. Those stories, I think, are very compelling and uh, people respond to them. No, and, yeah. you know, we, of course, we want people to think about all the animals who would like to run for their lives and go to a sanctuary. That's true. That's true. Um, but those those specific instances 
sort of uh, get people thinking about the fact that these are living, feeling animals. Right. No, it's true. It's it's yeah. It's promotion in motion for for farm sanctuary when that happens. And yes, we would like all the animals to escape from the slaughterhouses. But it you're right. It's it, it's fascinating to watch how people you know they root for the animal. And I always think you should be rooting for the animal all the time, not just when it escapes. But right, exactly, exactly. But you know, again, we're we're creatures of habit, and there yes. are certain behaviors that are sort of normalized. And we accept them, even though we don't really think very much about them. So hopefully, you know, whenever somebody escapes from a slaughterhouse, right. that will get people thinking a little bit differently. And it's 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 a seed planted. That's true. That it's, at some point can hopefully grow. That's true. That's that's a that's a good way of looking at it. That's a seed planted. I like that. I like that. So tell us about what's a day in the life of Gene Bauer. What's a, what does well, your typical day look like? You know, I, I travel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I speak at universities and at various events. So oftentimes I'm traveling um, or writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do op-eds and um, try to raise awareness through those. Um, I also occasionally work on legislative efforts. Like right now, for example, in Washington, D.C., the Farm Bill is being discussed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in touch with colleagues in congressional offices urging that they promote farm policies that do not enable this horrible factory farming system. Right. You know, right now, you know, industrialized animal agriculture receives billions of dollars in subsidies from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. We should have a, a food system that is promoting healthy plant-based foods, fruits and vegetables, for example, instead of promoting cheese, which right. the government does. I mean, that's so unhealthy for us, and it's obviously bad for cows and for the earth. Um, so trying to get our federal farm and food policy to be better aligned with our society's interests in eating healthy food and supporting a food system that's not causing so much harm to local neighborhoods as well as to the, the planet more broadly. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense. So so you're you're a very busy guy. <laughs> you yeah, are very school – yes, you do a lot of things. I'm sure my my listeners have seen you on television shows. I have because you're always, you know, you're always fighting the good fight and 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 we need you. And Time Magazine, how did you feel about them calling you the conscience of the food movement? That's that's well, a compliment, that was, right? Yes. For, that was quite a compliment. Yeah. yeah. I feel very fortunate uh, to uh, for for that, but you know, it's just, you know, it's I feel lucky to do the work I do. It's something I very much believe in. Yes. And I think that, you know, ultimately this is not about putting anybody down. It's, it's about raising everybody up and encouraging people to live healthier, happier lives, you sure. know, and to not cause unnecessary harm to other animals or the earth. And I think most people have the same sorts of aspirations and desires and interests. Mm-hmm. And so I feel very fortunate to do, to do work that is aligned with what I believe. And I think Ultimately, it's aligned with what most people believe. Right. And it's also, it's what you love, so it doesn't feel like it's work, probably. Yeah, that's very true. Right, because you're that's doing what you true. love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yes, that's that's exactly right. And it's and it's inspiring to see people change mm-hmm. and inspiring to see animals rescued. It's inspiring to see the light go off in somebody's mind about something, you know? Sure. Um, so uh, so I, I really do enjoy that. And I as I say, I do a lot of different public speaking events, so I get a chance to meet a lot of people who who relay their stories and talk about how, you know, they've started seeing the world a little differently and how it's been so empowering for them. So uh, I really enjoy that. Well, we're happy. We're happy to have you leading the fight and and fighting the good fight and for doing all that you do. 
because um, no, the world needs we're, you. We're all, in it, <laughs> well, we're, we're all in it together. We're all doing our part, right? You know, I, yes. I, I'm doing everything I know how to do, but but each of us is doing our part, and all together it does add up. That's Little true. things, I and, and oftentimes, you know, people get worried that they can't you know, do a huge thing, but none of us can do a huge thing. You know, it's, it's each of us every day doing little things. Right. And those little things add up and create a big change over time. That's true. Well, we all can do what we can do, our little parts, but it does. It all adds up. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And for the listeners, you can learn more by going to farmsanctuary.org. You can make donations. If you're in the area of where the sanctuaries are, whether in New York or California, you can volunteer. Yes, right? Farm sanctuaries are always looking for volunteers. Um, I see that there are internships. I wish I knew about this when when I was younger in college. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a great internship. (laughs) Yeah, no, we have many interns, people that come and live on the farm for a month or longer, and it's a a life-changing experience for many of them. So, yeah, you can check out the internships on the Farm Sanctuary website as well. Definitely. And, and you can donate and you can shop and just learn and also watch the animals. And I think, you know, for me, I would love that every every school, elementary school puts up the live cam so the kids can see it, because if they can't physically go to see an animal like for where they live, from where they live, it's it, I think it's very educational and, and, it, and it creates that bond of, oh, look, it's it's like my dog, you know, or something, you know, it just it I don't want to say it humanizes animals, but it does. Like you said, it makes it shows that the animals they're, have feelings and, and exactly. thoughts. They're and, individuals yeah. with personalities. They're, yes. they're fellow earthlings that we share this planet with. You right. Know? Exactly. And, and we can and we can live with them in a peaceful way. And and you know, if we can treat other animals peacefully, maybe we can treat each other peacefully, too. That's true. That's very, very true because we do need that. That's for sure. Yes, yes. yes. It's about kindness. You know, the, the 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 what I feel so good about with the work Farm Sanctuary does is that we are demonstrating kindness, and you know, we, you can't have enough of that in this world. That's true. That's absolutely true. Well, Jean Bauer, thank you so much for your time today. And I, like I said, please go to farmsanctuary.org. If you've never gone there, please go to to uh, to the website. You can follow Farm Sanctuary on Instagram like I do, and I love that because there's always a picture of an animal. And you can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, farmsanctuary.org. And Gene Bauer, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Maria. I really appreciate it. It's great talking with you. Same here. Thanks so much. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.